everyone. Uh, I'm Kirsty Gilmore, and uh, this is a talk about finding, casting, and directing actors for indie. So if anybody out there is an indie developer who has ever struggled to uh, deal with the big world of VO and how to find the right people, this talk is for you. Okay. So uh, this talk in the next uh, half an hour or so, we are going to go through the casting preparation, where to find actors, the casting process, fees, very important for any of the actors in the audience, what to actually pay your actors, and finally directing actors, what to do and what to avoid. So I'm going to start with a, uh, a very quick, uh, very quick explanation about who I am and what I do. My name is Kirsty Gilmore, as I said, and I am a voice director, a casting director, a sound designer, and a voice actor. I've worked in professional sound for 20 years. Uh, I have been directing for about a decade, and I specifically directing game and character performances for around six years. And these are some of the games that I've worked on as a voice director and a casting director. Uh, I direct across everything from AAA to mobile, indies, uh, VR, anything you can imagine. And I also direct for animation and audio and radio drama. I'm gonna move over here. Hopefully the sound will be fine. Oh, good, okay. Right. So let's start with casting prep. What I see a lot of uh, a lot of indies when they decide they want to put voiceover in the game is the first thing they do is jump on Twitter and go, "Hey, I want to put voiceover in my game. We're all the actors out there." And suddenly you get 3,000 responses of every actor across the planet posting their demos, and uh, that's fine if you want to go through 3,000 responses of everybody's demos. But what I recommend indies do before you hit that tweet button is that you do a little bit of casting prep. So, to start with, figure out what sort of voice acting you need in your games, because that's going to have a, uh, a definite impact on how you go about the casting process. If your game just has emotes or efforts or single words, so say a low amount of, uh, of dialogue, then you might consider casting off voice demos. Now, when I say emotes uh, or efforts, we're talking about, in case anybody isn't aware, we're talking for emotes, we're talking about more emotional noises, like hesitation noises, sighs, uh, non-verbals, essentially. When I'm talking about efforts, often people will refer to things like combat efforts. So we're talking fighting grunts, we're talking hits, we're talking attacks, dying, etc. They are a little bit interchangeable. You will hear people use emotes and efforts slightly interchangeably. But the good thing about uh, if you do have a low amount of dialogue in your game, then you could consider casting off people's voice demos. I would recommend casting off gaming demos or character demos rather than commercial demos, because commercial demos are about selling, and unless your game is about selling, you probably want a different sort of demo. If, you're, if you've just got creature sounds in your games, monster voices, cool creatures, and that's all the dialogue or noises, the vocalizations that happen in your game, you might consider casting off demos or samples of people who do creature voices. And believe me, there are tons of actors out there who do just that. If you're doing dialogue, if you've got a lot of dialogue on your game, then I recommend getting self-tape auditions, which is where actors actually record lines from the game, 
or in-personal dishes where, where you go into a studio and have that happen. And if you are considering a celebrity or name actor in your game, at this point, you want to go to an agent, probably through your publisher, if you have a publisher, but definitely if you're looking for, if you're looking for a name to boost your game, then that is when you start going to acting or voice agents. Right. The next thing that you need to have a think about is how you want to record. And I find a lot of indie devs don't actually do this until after the casting process. Uh, if you, you, some games uh, opt to do self-directed sessions in the home studios. And what this means is that you send your, after the casting, you send your lines to the actors once you've cast. They, with some directions, you write down the directions you want them to do or have a call in advance uh, explaining what you want them to do. And then they record themselves, they self-direct, they send you back the results. In my experience, this works best if you've got minimal dialogue or if you need it for temp dialogue. The thing about self-directed casting is that you have really not very much control over the process. You can obviously, you know, ask for retakes and pickups, but you are not there when the actor's doing it. And if the actor isn't very experienced at game voicing, they won't have any idea of how to start. And you might find yourself doing a lot of different retakes in order to get the results you want. Uh, another option is directed sessions in home studios. This is where you book actors who have professional home studio facilities and you redirect them remotely, either by Zoom or Skype or Source Connect Now or CleanFeed or Bidalgo Call or one of the many, many options out there that you can dial in remotely and direct them. Or you can opt for directed sessions in external studios, which is when you would hire a studio and direct them. Okay, so you've done your initial prep. You've decided what sort of voiceover you need in your game and you've decided how you're going to record them. So the next step in the process is to create a casting pack. What does a casting pack entail? Well, basically, a casting pack is, a, uh, is an A4 or two sides of A4 with the following information on it. And I'm gonna show you a picture of a sample in just a second. The first thing that needs to be on it is the game name or the code name if you're on an, under an NDA, which is fine. You want something that the actors will be able to refer to. Then there is the character name or the temp name. Uh, if you haven't decided on a character name yet, that's, it's not really important whether you finalize the naming of the character. The actors just need something that they can put in their audition file. So they can say, Kirsty Gilmore underscore Annie, and you know that I'm auditioning for the role of Annie. Artwork or reference pick. This is incredibly useful for actors. Even if you don't have artwork finalized for the game yet, just having some kind of a reference pick so they have an idea of what the, the sort of thing you have in mind is great. A lot of casting packs take, uh, if they don't have reference material available, if they don't have artwork, they take things from films, they take things from TV shows, anything that kind of represents what you're going for. Character bio, very important. Please tell the actor about the character. Uh, your character bio will include things like accent, it will include age range, it should include maybe the style of voice you're after, are they deep and husky, are they bright and cheerful, uh, a bit of backstory about the character, what is their role in the game. Then uh, I always think it's, it can be really useful to add voice references, and a voice reference is basically a reference to a well-known, usually a celebrity voice or a character in a film or TV show, that you can send a YouTube link to to go, 
this is, you know, we're, we're after this kind of thing, this isn't our ballpark. Doesn't mean that you want a, uh, you, you, don't, you don't want an impression of them, but this is the sort of thing, this is the sort of thing we're after. We're after somebody that sounds like Morgan Freeman. You know, uh, Morgan Freeman specifically in this. We're after somebody that, that sounds like Joan Cusack in this movie, that kind of thing. And then a, a brief description of the game. What sort of game is it? Is it an FPS? Is it action adventure? What sort of tone does it have? What's the overall market? Is this a family game? If it is a hardcore 18 plus horror survival game, that's all really useful for the actor to know so they know whereabouts they're gonna pitch their audition. Casting pack will also include sides. Now the side is an acting term for the selected lines in the script and we're gonna have a look in a second of what that looks like. Location of actors. This is if you need the actors to be in a specific location because you'll be directing or you've hired or you will be hiring a voice director to direct and you need the actors to be in a particular time zone. Or if you're hiring an external studio and you need the actors to be able to come get to that studio. Home studio requirements, very important if you plan to be recording with home studios. I would massively encourage everybody to do audio checks before you go ahead and cast the actor. Nothing worse than casting an actor, brilliant, perfect for the character, but they've got, you know, you can hear the echo in their room because actually their recording studio is actually also their dining room and there's absolutely no, no sound treatment or anything in it. And recording and delivery instructions, also really, really important. Spell it out for the actors, make it really clear to them. You know, for example, you might have a mono MP3 upload to and give them a Dropbox folder link. Often all this information aside from the side, so the location, the home studio requirements, the recording delivery instructions, I often put in a email or a Google doc for the actors. I'll go over that in a second, okay. And the fee, very important. Tell actors up front what you're gonna be paying them. Let them, allow them to make a decision about whether they feel the fee is appropriate for them before they audition. Okay, so here's an example that I've knocked up of a, uh, of a casting pack. You can see this is, uh, this is for Project Darkwood and our character is Lorne. Um, I've got a reference pick there, artwork's not available yet, so I've got a reference pick. I've got the age, the gender, accent, voice quality, a couple of well-known voice references there, character description. I've also included direction notes to help the actor, to help give the actor more of an idea of the sort of tone and style that the game is after. A Little bit about the game and then two lines for them to record. Now there is, there's another A4 with another two lines on it. And the thing I would say about including your lines in the game, make sure that you include them from a range of the character. So if the character starts off really confident and ends up broken, make sure you include lines in the audition that reflect their journey so you can hear how an actor might approach all parts of the character and not just the confident ones or just the broken ones. Another good thing to do is to include different types of lines. Uh, if you've got cutscenes, make sure there's a couple of, or one or two cutscene lines in there. If you've got barks, that's really good to include as well. Same with efforts and emotes. You wanna hear that the actor can do everything that you're gonna throw at them, everything the character can do. Okay. Right, and on to where do we find our lovely, lovely actors? So very, very,
very generally, there are two very general types of casting when it comes to video game casting. Open casting, throw everything at the wall. So this is when an open casting is when you might, just like I uh, explained in my first example, when you might put a casting out on Twitter and get, every, and get everybody to comment. Or you can also use you know, Discord, Facebook. Basically, an open casting is open to the public. So you are inviting as many, as many um, people to respond as possible. Um, an uncontrolled casting is one where you post it on Twitter, just like I said, and said, say something like, just drop your demos below. Chaos is what that ensues, chaos. And uh, if, you, if you do want to monitor, go through the 3,000 replies you will get from eager actors for that, feel free. But I think a slightly better, uh, a slightly better use of your time will be to do a controlled casting. And a controlled casting is when you control it by putting not so much blockers in place, but putting in place documents that people have to read before they respond. So one of the best ways to do it, and a lot of casting directors do this, they create a Google Doc. So you, you have a tweet, you create a Google Doc with your casting pack and all your details about what the actors need to know, where they need to send it, etc. In the Google, uh, you put the Google Doc link in the tweet and you ask people to, or to read the Google Doc to, respo to respond. If they want to audition, they have to read the Google Doc. Then you set up either a Dropbox for people to drop their auditions to or a bespoke email address that people can send them to. And that will knock out a whole lot of trouble. Not all the trouble, but a whole lot of it. Here's a couple, if you are gonna do an open casting, here's a couple of VO lists uh, that are incredibly useful, particularly if you're interested in uh, widening the diversity of your casting, which you should be. So one of them is the PGM VO list, that stands for People of the Global Majority. It's uh, what we used to understand as POC, uh, and that is at pgmvolist.com. Uh, it is a little bit uh, US focused at the moment, American focused, but that is changing, and it's an incredibly useful list. Uh, there's also the Queervox LGBTQIA plus list, again, which is a VO directory, and if you Google that, you can find ways to apply to them and if they uh, get on there, uh, get access to it. Um, again, it is a little bit US focused. These are both US, uh, US organizations, but they are incredibly useful when it comes to uh, looking for a diverse cast. Okay, a closed casting. Basically, a closed casting is when you approach selected actors or selected uh, agencies. You control who you're going to do. You don't open it out to everyone. You control who you're going to talk to in the first place. Uh, often this is done via a professional casting director or an audio outsourcer. Uh, so uh, often they, because they have audio outsourcers and professional casting directors, have the relationships with agents. So you might opt to do it through them. Often it's something that companies do, that devs do. If you're looking for more experienced actors, and I don't just mean voice actors, but you're looking for actors across who might have stage or screen experience, or people with a bit more of a profile uh, in, those, in those areas. If you want to pursue that for marketing purposes, some publishers uh, are interested in that. Just something to be aware of with closed castings is that if you are pursuing actors who are not first and foremost voice actors, a lot of those actors might not have home studios. Home studios uh, are not as common in, in, the, UK, in the UK, especially. Uh, the US is slightly, has slightly more 
more people with home studios. Despite last year, when it seemed like every actor in the country set up their own recording space, since, the since uh, last year, it is still now that people are moving back into more into studio recording, you might find that if you do want to cast actors with a higher profile or from stage or screen, then you might have to look into hiring external studios. Okay, let's talk about a little bit about the casting process. Casting is a skill. What you need to be looking for is actors who are, give you a believable performance and embody the character, not just people with a great voice. Now, obviously, depending on how much dialogue is in your game, that's going to, that's going to make a difference. But if you do have a reasonable amount of dialogue in your game, you're after people who can give truthful performances. Don't be sucked into people with really great sounding voices because it's, it is more difficult if you don't believe them in the first place, you're probably gonna really struggle to get a believable performance out of them. So look for people who embody the character and be a little bit flexible about it. Sometimes uh, I've come across devs who are like, I really, really want a Scottish accent for this role. It has to be Scottish, it has to be Scottish. Uh, and then haven't found anybody they really like or ended up casting someone with a great voice but had a really flat delivery because they were really married to a particular accent or a particular type of voiceover. When you are considering casting uh, multi-rolling, which is when you cast multiple acti actors doing multiple roles, consider their range. This person might be extremely good at the audition that they sent you, but their demo doesn't have a lot of range in it, doesn't have a lot of, uh, lot of different characters in it. Are you, it's, it's really awkward at casting someone going, yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine doing those five roles and discovering they can do one really well, two kind of, but not the, the last three at all, and that's gonna cost you money and time for recasting. Uh, so always and consider that range is more than accents. Somebody who can do five different accents is great, but somebody who can embody five different characters, different ages, different ranges, different energies, different statuses, is a lot more useful. Okay, I'm gonna talk a little bit about fees. Right, I am not the fees police. I don't know what game you are, what game you're making. Um, and I don't, uh, obviously you have, you have set your budget, but to give you a very general idea of what act professional actors in the UK and US expect to be paid for game voicing, this is what we're looking at. In the UK, the average range is between 200 to 250 pounds an hour, plus a buyout on top, which can range anywhere from 200 pounds to 500 pounds or more, depending on what the game is. The US non-union rate is 200 to $250 per hour, but you have to book them for at least two hours. And the US union rate, and the union for US actors is SAG, is £825.50 per session for up to four hours, but only two hours for vocally stressful sessions. So you can't, you have, you can't book them for more than two hours if you want them to be a zombie for two hours straight. Again, not the fees police. This is just giving you a ballpark idea of what people expect to be paid. So that is the standard as of today. Things are, things are constantly in flux, but that gives you an idea. So um, there is the UK, the reason I've split US into union and non-union is because they do have a very strong union who set fees. And, and, but in the UK, although we do have a union, we have equity, they don't set fees. So that's why you have that difference there. Okay. Woo! Directing. 
Directing is a skill. You can kind of see where I'm going with this, can't you? Uh, so, professional directing is firstly more efficient and secondly will produce more compelling performances. I am a professional voice director, so it's important for me to say this. But really, if you, it, it, I'm, again, I'm not the directing police either. There are lots of directors out there in games, uh, people who make their own games and direct. There are narrative designers who are direct. There's lots of paths into directing. So I'm not going to define what a professional director means, but to say, to give someone who is an experienced director will save you time and money because they will be able to get the best performances out of your cast. They know how to do that in the shortest amount of time. And a directed session where someone, hopefully a professional director, is directing the actor will give you most control over a performance. You will not, if you, if you opt for self-directing for, uh, for budget reasons, that's absolutely fine, but directed sessions will give you the most control over a performance. Okay. In the session, start with a chat. Have a chat to your actors. The thing is that I think a lot of indie devs forget is that actors, and I'm gonna say something shocking, may not play games. They are actors. A lot of actors do play games. They, you know, a lot of them love games, but not all of them do. And so I think it's really important at the start of the session to find out from the actor, do they know about games before you start throwing jargon at them? So, you know, you can talk about FPSs and RTSs and NPCs for all you like, but that's mean that's gibberish to an actor who doesn't play games. So make sure you understand where they're coming from, because that's going to have a really big impact on how you direct a game. The other thing I always say is that you know your game inside out. You love it. The actor has no idea what it is. So you're going to have to approach the directing session from someone who's completely new to your game. Don't assume they know what you're talking about. Uh, and oh, it's just nice to have a 10-minute chat at the start to get to know them, find out what's happening with them. Give the actor context. Before you start throwing the lines at them, right, let's go for a take, okay? I don't know where I am or who I'm talking to or what I'm supposed to be doing or what happened before. Give them a bit of context to start with. Where are they? What's the character doing? Uh, what happened just before this line you're gonna do? What's happened just after? Who are they talking to? What's their relationship to them? And get their take on this first. By what I mean, don't bombard them with direction. Context, great. Don't bombard them with direction first. Get their take on it first. See what they give you. And then, if you want something different, this is what you can do. So you've heard the, you've heard the actor talking, you kind of like it, but you want something different from them. Try an emotional prompt. So an emotional prompt is where you give the, act the actor an emotion to, uh, to give them something, something to work on. For example, Okay, so that was great, but she's really distraught um, over, losing, over losing her sister at this point. It's still, the loss is really, really fresh in her mind. So I really want you to reflect that in the performance. Also remember that um, an, a, uh, an actor can go on a, a, a character can go on an emotional journey within one line. They can start a line distraught, but then come to some kind of acceptance in the end. They can start a line distraught and go through anger. It's, uh, if, you give the, if you allow the actor to play one emotion, you will get one note, a one-note performance. It'll basically just all sound distraught. And we don't react like that as humans. We go through different, different, different thoughts through one sentence. 
So allow, allow the directing to reflect that. Think about how you want the character to feel. How could, should the character be feeling at this point? And the actor will be able to take that and go with it. If you're not getting the response you need, one of the first things I do as a director is I think about what should the character be feeling and then let the actor reflect that in their performance. The other thing you can think of is how do you want the player to feel? Do you want the player to be scared, terrified at this moment? Are you directing a villain? Should the player be incredibly unnerved? Should the player feel really comfortable? Should the player feel like the person, the character they're talking to is their friend? All of these things are really, really useful to give to your actor. Okay, so I'm going to play you a little in the style of emotional directing. I'm going to play you a, a little video of me directing an actor using emotional prompts. Uh, this is the scenario. Uh, they're going to do Edwin. The actor's name is Edwin. And this is the lines that he's doing up the top there. These are from a cutscene in a game. It's a third-person survivor game. The setting is in a city just after the outbreak of Civil War, and Edwin plays the character of Rob. Rob is an NPC, he's English, he's in his 40s, he's an IT engineer, not a fighter, but he has a strong will to survive. And that's our little scenario there, apologies uh, for the, the typeface. But basically, she met Laura, who's our player character, when she helped him escape from rogue militia. They teamed up, agreed to get out of the city, and this particular cutscene takes place a few days later in the evening after a meeting with a smuggler falls through and it transpires they have to travel by boat and Laura couldn't face it because she had a traumatic incident uh, some years earlier. And she has just revealed that information to Rob. So, here is Edwin. Why didn't you tell me? I mean, I understand. It's just, we could have... Look. If there's anything else I should know, you need to say it now. We won't make it if we can't trust each other. Great, great, really nice. Um, can I get you to just let go of the music stand a little bit? Uh, and uh, I think the frustration that you're showing, like the very suppressed anger, is great. What I'd like you to do is start with that and then just soften that with a little bit of sympathy. Be a bit more empathetic to her in the middle. She's been through a traumatic time, you know, so you need to, you, you and you need to, I need to, I need to hear you realise that and I need to just hear that sympathy. And then I think um, underlay it definitely by the end with a bit more fear. Mm. You know, mm. you're, you, what you're saying essentially at the end is that if we can't make this work together, we're both going to die. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay, let's go again. Why didn't you tell me? I... I mean... I understand. It's just, we could have... Look, if there's anything else that I should know, you need to tell me now. We won't make it if we can't trust each other. Great, great, good. Give me one more, sure, sure. and uh, just a, a little bit the fear. Let the fear drive you into a slightly, slightly more volume in that final, mm, in mm, that mm, final sure, line. Sure, sure. I think we can have that coming out. Oh. Um, but the rest of it, the rest of it is lovely. Really, really nice. Cool. cool. Okay. Right. Why didn't you tell me? I mean, I, I understand. It's just we could have. 
Look, if there's anything else I should know, you need to say it now. We won't make it if we can't trust each other. Lovely. Thank you very much. Excellent. So, a few more things that you can use to uh, when a few more types of uh, directing tricks that you can use. You can ask your actor to incorporate physicality. For example, gasping for breath, calling out to someone. If you're not getting the response you need from them, maybe you need to get them to, to physicalize the performance a bit more. You can ask them to add emotes, sighs, hesitation sounds can all really help to bring a, bring a performance to life. Or you can give a technical prompt, and a technical voice prompt might be asking people to do emphasis, uh, different emphasis on a line, uh, asking them to pause, have longer pauses in places, asking them to uh, put a full stop in a place, things like that. And uh, can also include things like accent and vocal type changes, vocal quality changes. Okay, we're gonna skip over that, unfortunately. Okay. The big thing to remember is that dialogue recording is a collaboration and your main goal is believable, truthful performances. The director is not a dictator. It's not up to you to go do this, do that. It should be a collaboration. You have presumably cast the actor because they have embodied the character, because they can, they can portray the performance. So on that note, here's what to avoid. Line reads, boo. Um, I'm a, I'm, I have a real problem with line reads. Uh, also known, line readers are uh, also known as the just say it like this technique. Oh, look, and, and it's when you say just say it like this, and then you, give a, you deliver a line to the actor and you expect the actor to give it back to you. Now, the big problem with this is that it removes the actor's agency. It takes away all the careful choices they've made about the character, and they're basically just mimicking you. That's not acting. You are not the character. You are, and if you are the character, if your voice and your acting skills are in line exactly with what the character you want, then you should be the one performing them. You should be up there doing it. So if you use, if you find yourself reaching for a line read, then go back to the things I talked about before. Try using an emotional prompt. Try using, try uh, asking them to do something different technically. Try asking them to physicalize the performance instead of just getting them to parrot the line the way you hear it in your head. The other way I, I suggest you avoid are endless takes, which is when you don't give very much direction at all, you just get the, the actor to repeat the line once, six times, 16 times, 26 times, until you hit on the one you like. As well as this being quite boring and tedious for both you and the actor, it's incredibly inefficient. And it's very unstabilizing for the actor. They're just trying to guess what you want. They don't, they don't have any direction to go on. Hopefully, if you have done your job correctly, then you should end up with performances that go a little bit like this. And these are all from games I've directed. Hola, I'm Fuego, and today I'm taking you behind the scenes of Destruction All Stars. Let's go! This is Angelo Aveo, and this is Xander. We are in a band, it's time for us to practice, and... My friends, where are the instruments? I told you what I'd do if you didn't stop making that awful racket. You took my drums? My drums? Welcome to Barcelona!
makes every all-star for themselves as they create mayhem and earn points in the arena. When the clock hits zero, the all-star with the most points wins. Hey, this is the best highlight for me. Can I um, try using your detector for a while? Mm, see how we get along. I might let you have a go in a few days. I'm scared I might find more than you if I have some decent kit. <laughs> I like your ambition. Maybe we'll make a truffle pig of you yet. <laughs> what? A, a, a truffle pig? Oh, blame Dad. He started calling me a truffle pig because I could sniff treasure through all the mud. My friends, how do you fare? You've heard the news, I hope. They are here, mind players. Each parasite they plant grows their numbers. And with this new cult on their side, we're going to need a hero. Yeah. 